our scripture readings today. We, as Pastor Josh mentioned, we do, we're doing this Ask Me Anything sermon series. We're in week three. You guys have proposed certain topics for us to go through, ask questions, uh, made suggestions. And so uh, the, the guiding question for us today is, how does anyone get to heaven? That seems relevant and important, so I, I figured we should talk about that. And so we, we're going to go to Romans chapter 3. Roman, the end of Romans chapter 3 into Romans chapter 4, and the Apostle Paul has a lot to say about this. Uh, he's talking about, and, and we'll, we'll unpack this through, but he's talking about justification by grace through faith in Jesus. All right. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one. He will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. And then one more, one more scripture from John chapter 14. Uh, Jesus speaking to his disciples the day before he would go to the cross. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. First thing that I think of when I hear a new rule 
or a law or something, first thing I think of is, I wonder if there's some way that this does not apply to me. I wonder if there's some exception to this rule that would leave me out. Anybody else think that? Oh, I see how it's going to be. You guys are all going to act like you're better than me today. Okay, that's fine. We can, we can go to that version of the sermon, okay? Um, no, but I, I'm sure, you know, human beings, uh, this is just how we are, right? We're just, we're like this. We hear a rule, we hear a law, and we're like, I wonder, I bet there's a loophole for that one. I bet, um, I bet there's some way I can get out of this one. There's some exception to the rule. There's got to be some weird outlier scenario where it doesn't apply to me. Um, people love, you know, and, and I, I'm going to need, yeah, thanks. I'm going to need some help advancing, so I'll, I'll tell you when, kind of. Um, but people love to ask about exceptions to the rules. Um, even if something is true, like 99.9% of the time, we love the whatabouts, don't we? Well, what about this? Or what about that? You know, we love the whatabouts just to try to dig for some way uh, to get out of what it says. And it's kind of, it's funny sometimes, you know, where I'm, I kind of chuckle, I smile when I think, oh, this is kind of how I am, and this is how my fellow human beings are. We just do this. It's a pastime of ours. Um, but it's not, it's not so funny, though, when it comes to the things of God. When we, we hear something clear from the Word of God, something that God has revealed to us, and then we start to think, well, I wonder if that, you know, doesn't apply to me in some way. You know, something that I, I don't, I don't like, I, I like a lot of the stuff in the Bible, but I don't like this and that, so I'm going to work overtime to find exceptions where that doesn't really apply to my life. And so in this, in this way, um, we kind of channel... Um, Satan in the Garden of Eden, right? Satan as the snake, and he's, you know, says to Adam and Eve, well, did God really say, you know, did God really mean this when he said this? Did he really mean that? Does that really apply to you? It's kind of how we, how we are sometimes. Now, today, we are going to be um, exploring the very fancy-sounding term, justification. And uh, if you haven't noticed already, it's always, um, it's always impressive how many syllables are in these theological terms. Justification, sanctification, all these. But justification uh, by grace through faith in Jesus, that is the theme here today for us. This is the process by which God makes us just, right? It's right there, justification. He makes us just, he makes us righteous, makes us right with him, puts us back in right relationship. Uh, you know, forgives our sins and, um, and sets us on the path to heaven that, that he has given to us. Um, and so it's, it's through that, it's by his grace, through faith in Jesus. And, and we know in Jesus, that is, that is where all the promises of God find their fulfillment. When Jesus dies and rises again, he's fulfilling all the promises. So it, it's that faith in the promises of God that are centered in our Lord and Savior, Jesus. By grace, through faith, this is, how, this is how anyone, this is the only way that anyone is saved. The only way that anyone gets to heaven. This is quite the statement, isn't it? This is a, a bold statement. And you may be thinking, well, pastor, if, I, you know, if I'm going to base my entire hope for the future on this particular teaching, um, can you show me where it says this in the Bible? Um, I would like some evidence about that. And, and to which I would reply, sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so we've already been, uh, we've read this a little bit, but yeah, let's, let's go to the next slide here. 
So from Romans chapter 3, this is a recap of what we read just a few minutes ago, but it's worth reading it again. Uh, you have to, reading the book of Romans in particular, you've got to go slow. I, I've got to take, my, personally I have to take a break after like every eight verses and just kind of, you know, collect myself and then make, read it again, you know, read the same paragraph over and over again. Um, but this is, this is what um, Paul says as inspired by the Holy Spirit. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. So he's saying it's not based on what you do according to the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, uh, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, I'm looking for a loophole there. Tough to find one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, atoning sacrifice would be one way to translate that, um, by his blood to be received by faith. Okay, and then I'll give you one more. I'll give you a bonus verse from John 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Every time I read that, I always think, I am so thankful that there's not a period after the word Father. You know, no one comes to the Father, period. Uh-oh. Talking about those, all those who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? But, if, did you catch this here, you people, me too, who love exceptions to the rules, love loopholes? Here's a gracious exception that God makes. No one comes to the Father except through me. Praise be to God for the exception to the rule here. That God um, makes it so that anyone, even though everyone is a sinner, anyone can be saved through faith in Jesus. And yet... For some reason, all throughout human history, human beings like you and me, we have spent a lot of time and energy um, pursuing some kind of exception to what God is telling us here in this teaching about justification. We are looking for some, for some fault in it. We are looking for, for some way that it does not apply. And um, so I, I want to explore here today, why do we pursue exceptions to the rules, especially this one. Why do we do that? So I'm going to come up, I've come up with four reasons. There's probably more, and you guys can tell me on the way out as you walk past if you, if you, if you have some other ones too, okay? Um, so, so the first one is, is this. First one is that the gospel sounds too good to be true. Have you ever thought that before? That's okay, right? I, I think this on a weekly basis. I, you know, you just kind of you hear something and it's so good and you're like, you want to pinch yourself, right? That, oh, there's no way. There's no way. Free forgiveness, free grace of God through faith in Jesus sounds too good to be true. Um, if you're, uh, you know, one important lesson that we've all learned from our parents is there's nothing free in life, right? You've all heard that one. I, I remember you know, think, learning that again and again. I'm, I'm trying to teach my kids that now. There's nothing free in life, right? You get something free, there's probably some kind of string attached to it or, or really there's some, there's some expectation that you have to fulfill. Um, 
there's really nothing, maybe except for the, the, the example of the birthday present, uh, there's, no, there's no area in life, though, where you just get something for free. Pretty much everything else, you've got to do something. You've got to earn something. You've got to put something in to get something out. And so it is crazy to us. It is incredible to hear the gospel that by grace, you know, freely, God is just giving us everything that we could ever hope and dream for. It, it offends us in some way because we think it's just not the way the world works. It's too good to be true. I've got to search for some hole in this teaching. All right, next one. This is a little bit of a, this might sound a little bit weird. We are looking, maybe we pursue exceptions because we're looking for fault in God. That sounds dangerous. You're uncomfortable now. Like, ooh, I don't know if we should be talking about this, looking for fault in God. Well, sometimes, you know, if, if, we, hear, if we hear a teaching and it, it kind of offends us, um, maybe we start to think, well, maybe I can discredit the source of this teaching. One, one major complaint against the, the fact that justification comes only by grace, only through faith, only in Jesus, is that it is, it's too exclusive how can you say in, you know, in the 21st century that there's only one way to get to heaven? That's, that's crazy. That, that's, that's even, it's hateful, you know? Um, and so sometimes then we, we might think, well, God shouldn't have done it that way. Uh, if I were God, have you ever said that before? If I were God, usually the sentence is not worth finishing. I would advise against it. Remember one of, my, one of my friends in high school, like in a Bible study, he was like, well, if I were God, I wouldn't have put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, you know? Would have been a shorter version of the Bible, you know? Um, I'm like, yeah, we, you know, it's, it's easy to, to kind of do that. If I were God, I would, I would do things differently. I'd be a better God than God, right? That's really the original sin is us wanting to be our own God, wanting to be at the center of the universe. So we second guess God, we try to find fault in him, um, because we, we reject what he is saying about how there's an exclusive claim that there's only one way to be saved. Next one, maybe on a more positive side, instead of trying to find fault with God, maybe we're trying to defend God. Let me, let me explain this one. Sometimes, you know, maybe you've experienced um, trying to defend God to someone that you care about. Maybe you're trying to, you know, tell, talk to them about the faith and, and they're not buying it. They don't like it. Um, have you guys ever volunteered to be God's defense attorney? Yeah? Do you think he needs one? Uh, he, he doesn't, but we, we do it all the time, especially like on Facebook. No, I, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but but we, we sometimes, we try to defend him, and we, I think we do it for, for a couple reasons. We try to like defend the, the teachings that he's giving. Um, maybe in some way to kind of comfort ourselves, like, well, I want to, you know, kind of feel better about God, maybe make him more palatable, make him easier to, to you know, accept, uh, but then also just for, for other people that we care about. Well, if I can soften God a little bit, uh, if I can, you know, I need to put him on trial and then maybe, maybe make some changes, you know, maybe he's wrong about this, he should have done this this way, then maybe I can, um, make some changes and, and make God a little bit easier to digest. Okay, well, if whatever I have to do to do that, maybe, you know, so be it. So maybe we try to defend God. Uh, finally, though, another reason why we pursue exceptions is we just, frankly, we just want other options, right? There's so many options in life. Um, you know, how many different kinds of Oreos are there now? It's crazy. Um, but, you know, you have so many different options for everything in life. I can get this or I can get this. If I don't like this quite, I can, I can go over here. Uh, and in salvation, on the menu for salvation, there's only one. 
And it doesn't make sense to us. We just frankly want to have more. I know for me as a pastor personally, it would make my uh, sales job a lot easier if I said, well, now let me show you our you know, justification uh, by grace through faith in Jesus option. But if, if this isn't working for you today, um, there's, all, there's all kinds of other ones. Uh, choose your own adventure, right? I used to love those books when I was a kid. Choose your own adventure. That, that's not how salvation works though. Uh, but wouldn't it be easier, right, if you could just give different options to different people? Because it makes you uncomfortable, it makes me uncomfortable to put all your eggs in the basket of, of the God-does-everything option. It makes me uncomfortable to think, I contribute nothing, and yet God gives me everything. How can that be the way that it is? It does not make sense. And yet... This is the message of the gospel. This is the message that God tells us, that we indeed contribute nothing at all, and yet, by his grace, through faith in Jesus, he gives us everything. We receive every blessing through the work of Christ for you and for me. Now, I want to, we'll go to the next slide here. Oh, no, actually, yeah, this is the one, yeah. Awesome. Um, Martin Luther argued... That this is the most important teaching. Justification by grace through faith is the teaching on which the church stands or falls. Okay? If you get this one right, everything else is going to flow from it. If you get this one wrong, the whole thing crumbles. The whole thing falls apart. You know, it, it reminds me of the parable of um, the wise man who built his house on the rock, the firm foundation, the foolish man builds his house on the sand, and the storms come and destroys that house. But, but the, the, the house, the church, that is built upon justific justification by grace through faith in Jesus, that will stand. And I, I'm so thankful to God that, that this church, that St. Paul, is built upon this foundation. This is at the heart of everything. There is no way to receive righteousness outside of the righteousness of of Christ that we receive by faith. There's no way. You can browse around all the other alternatives. I mean, you go give it a look. You can check all the other options. Um, you know, sometimes we, we might think, well, as long as you just believe something just strongly enough and, and are faithful to that, you know, then you know, you'll be saved. Or as long as you're better than most people, right, according to the law or something. Um, as long as you, you know, just kind of do whatever is in you, you may have some kind of good inside of us, as long as we just kind of act according to that, maybe combined with what Jesus has done, we can, you know, meet in the middle, give him a high five, and, you know, be saved. Um, anything like this, anything outside of justification by grace through faith is going to lead to a dead end. There are no exceptions to this rule. Even, even though we war against it, it's actually good news, right? It is good news that we contribute nothing, and that God gives everything to us freely. The next slide here. Uh, to be justified means that just people are made out of unjust people. I love this quote. To be justified means that just people are made out of unjust people. All God has to work with is, is a bunch of unjust people, right? Unrighteous, sinful people. This, this, is, this is what he has to work with, and he, he makes us to be just. He, he makes just people where there previously were none. 
It's a miracle. It's a, it's a transformation that God alone can bring about. When God justifies, when, he, when God declares you to be righteous, you are. When he declares you to be just, you are. That is your new identity. This is how anyone and everyone is saved. This is how anyone goes to heaven, only by the grace of God through faith in Jesus. Now, we have... Um, we did receive, as I said, you know, a lot of questions and suggestions for the sermon series, for the sermon series that we're going through. Um, several were kind of on this topic, basically, you know, kind of dancing around the, you know, how is anyone saved kind of question because we, we invent outliers, right? Um, but two of them were, were particularly interesting. I want to touch on those. Um, one was basically, like, you know, is, can this group of people be saved or this, pe- this group of people be saved? Uh, one was... Um, how was anyone saved before the coming of Jesus? Have you ever thought about that one before? You know, if you're supposed to be saved by faith in Jesus, well, what about if before Jesus came to this earth? You know, were you just out of luck? Too bad you were born in the Old Testament, right? That, that can't, that, that's not the way it is. Um, well, Paul brings this up, and actually he goes back to the book of Genesis. He quotes this uh, in the book of Romans. And I, and I want to read this again. From Romans 4, verse 3, he says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham, here's a man, who, you know, a Jewish man, lived before the time of Christ. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Well, there you go. He believes in the promises of God, the, the forward-looking promises that will be fulfilled in Christ. He believed, and God counted him as righteous, declared him to be righteous, and he was. So that, that's, the way, that's the way that it happened before the coming of Jesus, still by grace through faith. Another question we got was, you know, what about the Gentiles? Most of us are probably Gentiles in here today. Um, are they saved? You know, didn't Jesus come only for the Jewish people? That's God, you read through the Old Testament, that's God's people the whole time. The rest of the nations, not in such a favorable light. Um, so Paul again addresses this from what we read earlier. He says, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Gentiles are waiting. Say something. Um, is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. It's faith. It's God's grace through faith. There's no exception it is justification by grace through faith. That's how anyone is saved. That's how anyone goes to heaven. Now, a good question to ask at this point is, how do I get this faith, right? That seems like a good question. How do I get this faith? Well, really what we're asking is, what is the process that God uses to justify us? And, you know, we have to, we have to unpack this a little bit. So from the very beginning, God has been using his word, to accomplish things, right? We think about the first page of the Bible, creation. He says, let there be light, and there is light. God speaks and stuff happens. He declares something to be, and it is so. So God, in the same way, he uses his word. His word is at the heart of how he um, justifies you and me. And so, so I want to, yeah, we'll go to the, the next slide here. Um, so God has this, uh, I like to refer to this, to this as his gracious delivery system. God's gracious delivery system. 
And that is how he uses the Holy Spirit working through the word and the sacraments. So uh, the easiest way for me to understand this is Jesus dies on the cross, rises again, and there's this huge pile of blessing now, a gift of forgiveness and new life and uh, eternal life in heaven, and it's just sitting there waiting, and it's available for all people. But, but how do you receive that gift? You receive it by faith. So God then delivers those blessings by the work of the Holy Spirit through means. We call these things the means of his grace, okay? And that is his word and his sacraments. So God delivers all these blessings to you. So when you hear the word of God, when it's preached or read or taught, when you read the Bible at home, when you hear the forgiveness that is spoken in church after we confess our sins, God is delivering his grace to you. He's delivering blessings. He is creating and strengthening faith in Jesus. And that faith clings to Jesus for forgiveness and life. And the same way in, in the sacraments, here in the Lutheran Church we have too, we have baptism. Through the waters of baptism, you enter God's family. You receive that faith. Through the Lord's Supper, communion, in the body and blood of Jesus, he, he delivers it. His, his word is in there. His word of promise is in baptism, and it is in communion. And he delivers all things to you. Everything Christ has won for you, he delivers it to you. That's his gracious delivery system, by grace, through faith, as his word goes out. Now, I know here, as we're wrapping up, I know that some of you are like, ooh, this is kind of a heavy sermon today. A lot of theology, some words that I haven't heard in a long time, and you're, you know, you're happy that it's almost over. I, I, I can appreciate that. Uh, others of you are like, I kind of like these meteor sermons, you know. Uh, Pastor, can you recommend some books that I can read? Well, you can follow me to my office, and I can dust off a couple books I had from seminary and hand them to you, you know. Um, but, but no matter where you fall on that spectrum, I guess, of kind of, you know, theological, whatever, um, I, my prayer is today that having gone through this justification by grace through faith, that you are rejoicing, that you are comforted, that you are no longer searching for outliers or exceptions or loopholes, but that you are so happy that God made an exception in Jesus Christ so that you might be saved. And I pray that, that you will go forward from here today with kind of, kind of an extra uh, spring in your step, knowing that it's not about what you bring to the table. It is all about how God has graciously set the table for you freely, and you are forgiven. You are his child because God declares it to be so. And what God says is so. You are his. You are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you pray with me? Lord God, thank you for this treasure, this, this treasure of your teaching, how you justify us, how you declare us to be righteous by your grace through faith in Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will help us daily to just live in that and believe that who you say we are is the reality. Help us to trust in you. Help us to cling to Jesus in faith. We pray it all in his name. Amen.